Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Topic episode 29, ultimate episode 67. So if you may recall from the last topic-driven episode of the podcasts, I was talking about a a theory of mine uh, that I called the double-bit communication theory, or the double-bit, to keep things simple. And the theory behind this is that there are different types of communication out there, but they really can be boiled down to two basic types. And that is proactive communication or reactive communication. And between those, they can be used in two different ways. They can be used constructively or destructively. And I use this comparison using the term double bit in reference to a axe that has a head on both sides, typically similar in shape, but intended for slightly different purposes. Regardless of how you slice it, pun intended, the axe can be used to build things. For example, they can be used to chop down wood, to be used to build a house. They can be used to chop up uh, or splinter wood to be used for fire to keep warm and other various things along those lines. They can also be used as weapons of combat in war to kill or harm people. So this goes to the idea of being constructive or destructive. As far as being proactive or reactive, this is what I want to focus this particular podcast on, specifically on being the proactive side of it. Now, one of the things to keep in mind as I go through this is... When we're communicating, the intent behind what we're trying to communicate might be one thing, but the way people receive it is often something very different, and I'll revisit that at the end of this podcast. The intent behind what we're trying to communicate should be, I would argue, to the quote that I've been giving repeatedly on this podcast really from the very beginning, and that is, what if the only way to achieve your maximum potential is to help everyone else achieve theirs. Now, obviously, there's a constructive element of that, whether you're being proactive or reactive. So, proactive, this is one of those really kind of cool definitions I found of it or references to it. There is a gentleman who wrote a book called Man's Search for Meeting, Meaning in 1946, and this doctor's name was Dr. Viktor Frankl. I believe he was Austrian. And what he did, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, so hopefully I get this right, but he used this word to describe a person who took responsibility for his or her life rather than look for causes in outside circumstances or other people. Frankl stressed the importance of courage, perseverance, individual responsibility, and awareness of the existence of choices regardless of the situation or context. I apologize for some hesitation in this. I wrote this rather quickly and I've got terrible penmanship, so I was trying to interpret Anyway, so 
one of the things that makes being proactive, especially in the form of communication, is that proactive is typically an individual thing, whereas reactive is often a group thing or a group mentality or a group effort. And so as this quote kind of illustrates or, or this summary illustrates is that being proactive is, is really um, taking responsibility for something as self. And usually you're looking for something. So let's kind of break this down, this idea of proactive communication in, in this double bit theory uh, and look at it from the standpoint of uh, constructive versus destructive. So if we're looking at it from that standpoint, there's really two elements to it. The first one is when we're being proactive and we're looking for information, we're looking to understand something to eventually communicate, the way we go about looking for it could be construed as constructive or destructive because knowledge or information isn't really inherently good or evil. Uh, you know, the whole you hear the old saying, ignorance is bliss. Uh, th- that might be true, but we have to define bliss as lack of progression because if you stop learning, you stop progressing. And then ultimately, as I've discussed in previous podcasts, you ultimately begin regressing. And so if we're going to progress, we have to learn, which means we're going to learn stuff that could be perceived as very distasteful or very exciting. We have to recognize that knowledge and information isn't inherently good or bad. However, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, the way we view things, our perspective will taint that. Um, If you've ever looked at this from the standpoint of you walk into a room, and I think my very, very first podcast discussed this, this idea of perspective. If two people walk into a room and look at the room and then they walk back out and then just try to describe to the other person what they saw, you will never have two people who saw the room exactly the same way, even if it's just nothing more because they stood in a different position. And so when we're looking at trying to find information, if we're intentionally trying to be destructive, When we find that information, we're going to taint that information as we digest it as something that's destructive, which will then be conveyed when we communicate it. And the same is true vice versa. There's no getting around it. There's no way we're going to consume knowledge and information and have it be neutral. We're always going to taint it with our viewpoint. But if we can lean towards the constructive elements, then we're more likely to have that as the outcome. The second thing is how we communicate. Now, when we communicate to to another person or entity, the how really is broken into three parts. One part is, um, if we're communicating it, are we intentionally trying to convey it in a constructive way or destructive way? Are we trying to um, understand that the other person is going to, through their perspective, uh, receive the information as constructive or destructive. And the third one is, are we going to convey that information as fact, belief, or opinion? So this goes to a, I guess it's a philosophical concept called epistemology, which I'm not going to dig into here, but it's the idea of breaking down those elements. Because it's okay to state things as fact, even if it's not necessarily something you can back it up with, but it's because it's a solidified belief. Having said that, it should come across that way as well. So a person understands that's where you stand from. If you say, this car really is a terrible vehicle, 
Are you stating that because it's fact or because it's opinion? Are you stating that it's because it's belief? I have owned vehicles that have been truly terrible, that have made my life miserable beyond miserable, things that I will never, ever forget. And yet, is it still fact? Well, my personal experience would convey that it is fact, but is it globally a fact? And that's something that we need to make sure that we stress or at least convey. Um, The whole idea of, you know, reference your references, you know, who did I get this information from? Where is this quote from? That kind of information is important. So let's let's boil this down a little bit. Um, I recently had an experience where um, a, a an individual that I work with was on a conference call with me, and you know, we're all working remotely. And the phrase "this is garbage" kept coming across in this conversation. Now, the term "garbage" as an adjective um, definitely is describing something in a very negative light. The problem isn't that that statement may or may not have been accurate or inaccurate. The problem is, is that is continuously conveying a negative or destructive mentality. And therefore, it's being received as such. And unless I'm much mistaken, the perspective of the receiving audience is going to begin to taint everything else that's being discussed with that same light within that same topic. And it's going to continue to degrade and pull things down. Those types of phrases aren't constructive. Those are destructive. That may or may not have a place. But in this situation, it was not helpful. It was destructive and not what we needed. So let's take all of this, this whole idea of proactive communication in this two-bit theory, and let's look at something that I've discussed a little bit in the in, in recent past, and that is the Waco standoff. So as I mentioned before, in the Waco standoff, um, there was a, uh, a religious zealot um, who ultimately, be, you know, declared himself to be, you know, Christ reborn or, you know, returned. And um, eventually the entire event culminated in a great deal of deaths, both in the, you know, government side, the federal government, the FBI and, and other state authorities and local authorities, as well as in the compound where, you know, children and, and women and men died from, you know, fire or bullets or other various things. And so one of the things from a communication and a proactive communication from this standpoint is uh, that as I understand it, and I'm stating this as I understand it because I hope that I'm not wrong in conveying this, but from what I've gathered, the FBI actually uses this incident to train its people on what not to do. So let's take the two elements of this from a communication standpoint and just quickly say, all right. Well, if we're looking at trying to understand the situation in a constructive light, that doesn't mean we should ignore the fact that mistakes have been made. But we do need to recognize why those mistakes were made as opposed to saying, you know what, that person was a moron and they did something stupid and we just better not do something stupid. I mean, really, is that helping in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not, other than the recognition that something wrong had happened. If, on the other hand, as we're doing this, we look at it and say, okay, mistakes were made, but what was going on then that caused those mistakes? Or at least, instead of mistakes, there was better decisions that could have been made. Why were they not made? And begin to really dissect that and try to make sense of it. 
Then in turn, how do we communicate it and convey that information? Well, so-and-so who was in charge of the FBI at the time made these really foolish mistakes and they were quickly canned afterwards and let's move on. Again, you're communicating that a mistake had been made. Is that bad? No, but you're not really helping build the situation up. But instead, during this incident, terrible atrocities happened and they were caused by this, this, and this. If faced with the same situation, we need to use the mentality that happened at the time and we need to view it differently. We need to take the advice given by this other entity more seriously than they did at the time. And what we're doing is we're building up. So stepping away from the situation specifically, we're trying to build the group. We're trying to build those that we're teaching in a proactive and constructive sort of way to teach them something so they don't make the same mistakes, but without the cost of tearing anybody or anything down. So those are the elements that I want to convey about this proactive side of this double-bit communication theory. So the this is the end now what part of the podcast. What to take away from this? What to consider? What to think about? And honestly, the more I've thought about it as I've considered this, above and beyond making sure that we're self-aware about the communication we have, ultimately, I think there's two parts that we need to take away from this. Number one, if our goal, and I would argue it should be, is to build build up others, build up ourselves, build up our community and our society, then constructive communication should always be our goal, even if it is about something that was negative, like the way the Waco standoff happened. Um, There was definitely some bad things that happened that probably could have been avoided. We may never know, but I would argue they probably could be, and the analysis seems to support that. However, that doesn't mean we should ignore the fact. But to the second point, perspective. Everything we say and do, everything we think, and in turn, inversely, what everyone else says, thinks, or does, or sees what we do, is all tainted by perspective. Um, I'm not going to quote this, but I'll try to summarize it. But in Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy, I believe it is in the fourth book, um, one of the main characters is, is talking with one of the wise people in the universe. And this wise person says that I cannot give you my knowledge because it is tainted by everything that I've learned, seen, or done. It is my perspective. And that is true for all of us. So if our intent is to build, then as we study, we should study with a perspective of constructive. As we communicate, we should communicate with the intent of being constructive. As we communicate, we need to also consider how the audience is receiving our information, because as they receive it, it will also be tainted by their perspective, so that we help them understand it from a constructive standpoint as well. Uh, It certainly makes communication seem daunting at best, but I think, again, Ignorance is not bliss from the standpoint of progression. We eventually need to cross this threshold and make sense of it. So um, there you have it. There's the first bit of the double-bit communication theory. What I want to end with is a uh, what I thought was somewhat comical, and I think it's somewhat applicable to what I was just discussing. My psychiatrist told me that I was crazy. I said, I want a second opinion. He said, okay, you're ugly too. Smile, 
Be happy. Remember that you're worth it. Enjoy this week. Thanks for listening.